Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. Everyone and anyone out there who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smartass than a dumbass, guys, because 31 years ago, I was a dumbass. But through the grace of God, I could honestly say now I'm a smartass. And yes, the word ass is in the Bible at least 40 times, and it means donkey, and that's what I was. I'm saying all that to say this, guys. Everyone out there should not feel alone or that they don't have someone they can talk to. We've all, all over the world, had the roughest two and a half years of our lives, and some people made it and some have it, including family members of mine. So my services to you are free. I'm a nutritional health coach. I'm also a recovery coach. Please, please, please reach out. My book can be purchased through Simon & Schuster, Archway Publishing Bookstore, Amazon, BAM, it's, it's everywhere, Barnes & Noble. Guys, if you really, really need my book and really, truly cannot afford it, please reach out to me about that as well. Also, go to the Jerry Petito Show YouTube channel and subscribe. I've got a lot of cool things going on. Having said that, guys, now I would like to introduce my incredible, legendary, returning star guest. Okay? You know, I, I got to really like this guy He's worked with the best of the best. The guy is off the charts. Charles Wallert, say hello to everybody. Hello, Jerry. Thank you for having me back. And I want to say hello to your ever-growing worldwide audience. It's my pleasure to be on, to speak with you, and speak to your fans. Well, your fans as well. Listen, you know, you are known, I love this, as the singer's producer. I love that. Tell everyone where that came from. That was in the early 90s. I was out in L.A., and um, one of the magazines, it might be New Music, one of those were doing an article on me. And uh, in the course of discussions mentioning the people I, I work with, a lady said, yeah, he's the singer's producer. Um, because, you know, wanting to work with great singers, and I always have been blessed to have that privilege. And um, so it stuck. They printed it in the article and it stuck. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, you know, you've worked with the best of the best. You're also a composer. You're an author. I mean, you, in 2006, and we talked about this last time, but I just want to let everyone hear it again because I love this. In 2006, you were elected president of the Society of Singers Worldwide. Yeah, that chapter East. And, you know, we uh, helped a lot of people because singers didn't have a union they didn't have anything and there were a lot of great singers with recordings you would know that fell on very hard times so we would provide assistance we had many great events uh with neil sadaka george benson wine tastings it really really was good and then um after after my term was up i had to leave and do my other responsibilities and uh you know there's always a little thing between the west coast and east coast right so um, then after a while, they uh, about two years after that, they no longer existed. Okay, but I still love that. I absolutely... Oh, yeah, it was great. And yeah. we're still carrying on a philanthropic work with IUDA, uh, the, the organization I'm involved with now, A-U-Y-D-A. Yeah, let's, you know what, let's start with that. It's a charity thing you're doing. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it was started by Jim Taratunio. Great guy, and it was introduced to me by my dear friend, Bobby Ruvio. And um, what it is is that they give scholarships, and beyond that, we're taking it to mentoring 
for people in the arts, mm. young, uh, you know, high school students and things like that, to give them a real good feel and help them. Now, I'm head of the music department, but we also do culinary. Um, we do, uh, you know, painting, photography, everything. I love it. And and uh, it's to really help young people. And I know, especially in music today, uh, wow, kids need some kind of guidance. Young people need some kind of guidance. I want them not to abandon the art. Right. You know, stick with, there's reasons why operas are classics and they call things classics is because they're well made and made from the heart. And our website is Iuda for the Arts, A Y U D A for the Arts dot org. You can become a member. You could read about what we're doing. Um, and we have an event uh, this Wednesday for George Benson. We're presenting him with the Rising Star Award, and we're naming the scholarship for musicians after him. It's going to be the Iuda George Benson Award. For younger audiences, tell everyone who George Benson is, please. Well, George Benson is a 10-time Grammy winner. Yep. Um, The only one I know that has won multiple Grammys as an instrumentalist and a vocalist, and he excels at both. And uh, he's sold over 100 million copies, and he's my dear friend, most of all. You know, that's amazing. I mean... (laughs) You know, we have a lot of up and coming incredible musicians that listen to my show now that I've interviewed. And the one thing they have all said was they want to thank all of you guys because they acknowledge that if it wasn't for your generation, you know, my generation, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. So I just wanted to give them all a shout out because they do do that. I just wanted you to know that, Charles. Well, thank you. And worldwide, George's first part of um, the spring of 2022. He did Australia and sold out, and then he just finished Europe. Yeah. Uh, and the throng, sorry, 20, 30,000 amphitheaters, the UK, uh, just love it because, again, the music is so good. Now he's doing his U.S. tour, and I'll be with him Wednesday night at Sony Hall in New York City, and then we'll be in Los Angeles. He's got some other dates in between, but the 28th of August we'll be at the Hollywood Bowl. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Give him a hug from me, please. I certainly will. He's yeah. going to be here in this interview very, very okay. shortly. Well, George, the door is always open if you'd like one. I mean, he, you know, we talk about incredible legends, and he's one of them, if not one of the top. I mean, think about that, right? So I yeah, just absolutely. wanted you to really share that. George, we love you for all these young and up-and-coming incredible artists to know that. So well, uh, he, he appreciates that because he's a very sincere person and it comes out in its work. And, you know, our, our motto for Ayuda is empowering the creative minds of the future. It's beautiful. I love that's, that. That's our motto. And that's what we, we try to do every day. And it's both with your craft and, and dealing with the world, too. Right. That's amazing. I just love it. God bless you for that. Thank you, sweetie. Oh. So, all right. So, um... Let's talk a little bit before, you know, I have some more questions and we've, I want to talk about your book, of course, because the last interview wasn't out yet. It's out now, right? No, it's not out oh. yet. We're still adding chapters to oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but we're going to talk about things, it. There's things ready to go. And, and Will Romano, the great, great music author, who's even more than that. Um, we've been working on this a while, but he, he came up with a synopsis. Okay. Um, that was just so incredible. And I, I'm reading it, I said, wow, this is me? 
you know, and my, my youngest daughter just read it. She, she's a professor of math, but she said, Dad, this is so well written. And um, we're going from there. we got a couple of other chapters going on because we have a lot of things going. I may be doing a new project, um, which will be of interest for people in your area. I mean, not that you're not all over the world, but Joey Giardello, who was a middleweight champion, yeah. uh, from Brooklyn and lived in Philly, and then last year of his life lived in Cherry Hill. So a lot of people are calling me for the music, but what has happened over the past few years, I see this great demand for content. And my mother, rest her soul, uh, always said, you know, you're gonna, music is going to go with movies and things like that. And that's where really you're going to go in that direction. And it's such a great medium to tie the two, especially when, you know, I write or produce a song. You got to tell a story in three and a half minutes. Well, this could be more. So I, I've got the formula down, how to package projects. And I have a very good uh, representative, John Gaddy, out in Los Angeles. Uh, my attorney and friend who has a lot of contacts and we're going to package some things and, and see who wants them. I mean, Tubi started out, you know, giving free content, which is, is the way, cause it's about sponsorship nowadays. So I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, the book will be finished shortly when it's supposed to be. Um, and, uh, I think we're probably going to be closing with me in the studio doing Ronnie Lamar's I am blessed. Uh. So, and then, and then, more to come because I have a lot more in life to do, uh, and I uh, everything to me is about the music. But it's great to marry a story with the music, especially a true story. You know, Joey Giordello had a Down syndrome son. He was not mob connected. It took him a long time to get a title shot. And these are the kind of stories I want to do. And and my story, you know, being objective about it, uh, there's a lot there. Yeah, sure, I met a ton of people and household names. But it's the spiritual journey that I want to inspire everybody with because you can do it. And that's not just words. When you feel you can do it, and you got to take steps. You know, Jerry, if I told you, uh, and you know you're into fitness and things like that. Well, you know, I have an injury and I have to do physical therapy. I have to do 20 push-ups. Well, you couldn't talk about doing 20 push-ups a day and expect an improvement. Well, it's just like right. through meditation, through study through reprogramming the neurology, um, that needs to be done. I mean, we, we stop our imagination at seven and we get inundated with all these other things. And uh, after studying many years with Stuart Grayson, I never found anyone really that could click it into me to work with, and I did now, a wonderful, wonderful person named Joseph Clough, C-L-O-U-G-H. Okay. And I've been studying with him and his dad, Paul, and I cannot begin to tell you the transformation instantaneously and ready. And yes, I was ready for it with all the years of preparation, but um, he is amazing. He, he And he's totally altruistic. He really wants to help people. And, you know, you have to do the work as well, like anything else. You have to do the work, but you can do it. You know, whatever you want, Neville Goddard said, imagination is really the tool that God gave us. Because <laughs> if you think about free will as a gift, well, then we use our imagination, and if we use it in the right way, um, it's going to manifest. Perfectly said. I talk about that all the time, our free will and using it the right way. I just love what you just said. All right. Thank you. You hit me, baby. You hit me. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So, let me ask you something. Um, oh, let. Oh, I have a question. Joey Giardello. So, just tell us a couple minutes about him. 
Well, his real name was Carmine Tolelli. Okay. And he was like family to us. You know, he was family. His cousin worked with my grandmother. And they, they, we all grew up together, the nephews, and still close to this day. And he was too young, uh, I think, to go in the Golden Gloves. And he took another birth certificate okay. and joined the Navy. And then he wound up AWOL and settled in Cherry Hill and became this great boxer. And then he had a son with Down syndrome. And, oh. and the, 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 if you saw the movie Hurricane, he was the one that they portrayed that uh, when Hurricane Carter fought for the title, he got robbed. And that was not true. Joey had sued the movie company, a production company, and Hurricane Carter was his witness. Oh. So you know that he beat him. So that was, was the role. And, you know, I like to do stories that are multi-level. Right. Not just sports stories. Um but this is this is a humane story. Joey and his wife were spot, re, partly responsible with uh, Eunice Kennedy Shriver for really taking the Special Olympics to another level, which was started by a woman I believe her name was Ann Burke in Chicago. That's beautiful. And uh, so it's all that humane stuff, and and you know, and, and as a kid growing up, man, you you knew a boxer and a heavy a middleweight champion. I, I'll never forget we watched him fight Gene Fulmer on a black and white set. And he got robbed of the decision. They called it a draw. And then eventually he won the title in Atlantic City uh, against Dick Tiger at the convention center. So uh, if I do get involved, which uh, we're in talks right now, uh, we have a George Benson song for the music called uh, If You Don't Have a Dream, which is beautiful. Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll get, uh, I got a good screenwriter in mind. And uh, this hopefully will get uh, to a format where everybody can see it and be touched by the story and inspired. It's amazing. I listen. I'm not. I was never into boxing and fighting and all that. But my dad and my brother were. But I got to interview Chuck Wepner, um, you know, the Bayonne Bleeder. And, I know Chuck. Okay. Chuck yeah, Bayonne. and uh, you know the Rocky movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the whole bit, and it was really cool for me as a New Yorker and all that, and a Rocky fan. So that's pretty cool. Beautiful story. Okay. God bless well, Joey. Also, Jerry, they have a statue of Rocky, a fictional character in Philadelphia. They also have one of Joey Giardella. That's so cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Hugs to Joey. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that with me. All right. So now let let's talk about. What I would like everyone to know a little bit more about you, and then we'll talk about your continuing journey and, and your projects coming up and whatever else you want to talk about. But tell everyone a little bit about you back in the day up until present with everyone you've worked with and the, some cool stories. Well, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Always had a love for music as a child and never really thought about it as a career, even though I played in a band as a teenager with Ronnie Lamar, and we did very well. Um, but I fell in love with playing football, and I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to Central Connecticut, hurt my ankle, and couldn't play, came back in. During that time, my freshman year, Coach Hank Stram introduced me on the field to Joe Namath. Okay. And um, we, we conversed a little bit, and I saw him a little bit after the game. And then about a year and a half later, we were sitting at a boxing match, uh, Joe Frazier, Buster Mathis, and Joe and I became friendly, and then he got involved in Bachelors Three. And then when he sold out with the controversy with Pete Rozelle, I became a partner in Bachelors 3, which was an amazing story. When the astronauts were going to the moon, they asked what's going on with Bachelors 3. And it was great. And the first time out in Los Angeles, Joe took me out. It was the Friars Roast. And uh, every star was a 
you could imagine Nancy Reagan, who was the governor's wife, Reagan was the governor then, was sitting at our table. And it was a, a great, great experience. One of the experiences that's very much alive today, if anyone has seen the movie Elvis, and if you haven't, I recommend you do. Um, it's fabulous, but they show where he did the special, the comeback special, and the producer, Steve Binder. Steve came by our bungalow at the Beverly Hills Hotel that trip. And, you know, Joe told him I was a big Elvis fan, and he told me all about the making of that special. And that was in 1971. So that was a thriller. To see it come out now that the masses could know about it uh, is, is really thrilling and, and, and really great. We, so, you just, know, I, wait, I, uh, we just interviewed him on Hamilton Radio, and I'm going to be interviewing him again. Steve? Yes, it was really awesome. Well, tell, tell Steve... He, that, what just happened now, what I just said. I will. Right? Because he'll remember uh, with Joe in the in the bungalow. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, great, great, great story. Yeah. And so then I I, um, I saw Elvis, and that's what the movie gave me the chills. They really created the hotel where he appeared at. But in one of those trips, Joe Namath was doing uh, the Flip Wilson show. And you rehearse all week, and you do two tapings on Friday. So we get out there over the weekend and doing the tapings, and I'll never forget the guests were Howard Cosell and George Collins. So rehearsals in and of themselves were hilarious. And this was in February of 72. And uh, Elvis would appear at the International in February and August. So I said, Joe, I think I'll, I'll jump over to uh, go catch Elvis. He said, oh, I'll take care of it. You know, I said, well, no, that's a, no, no, I'll call the guys at the hotel and, you know. <laughs> and... Um, it turned out at the end of the show, Elvis shook my hand and Joe Esposito took me backstage. Uh. So when I came back that night, every night after rehearsal from Flip Wilson, we went to a place on Sunset called La Taverna. And there was, I think, three brothers from Italy. Um, and we sat there and I, I come back and I said a big smile on my face. I said, man, that was great. Elvis said, hello. What an experience. And this little guy was at the table with a phone. Now, there were no cordless phones. There were no cell phones back then. He had it all dressed in black, a tiny little guy, and he's imitating Johnny Cash. And he starts asking me about the Elvis show. And we get into this heavy discussion. You know, what you think about the backgrounds? I said, well, they're colorful, but I didn't think he need that much. And so at the end of the conversation, he said, what record company do you work with? And I said, no, I don't. I just own a restaurant, you know, and I love music. And Jimmy Walsh, Joe's attorney and our dear friend, looks at him. He says, no, he's, he's not kidding. You know, the guy gave me like this strange look, like I was putting him on. <laughs> and um, he said, well, young man, he said, uh, I've never told this to anybody, but if you never considered being a record producer, that's what you should be. And that gentleman was Phil Spector. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> I, I kind of took that seriously and started back with my old buddy, Ronnie Lamar, and we got a record deal from then on. I was the first then independent record producer signed to RSO at Height of Saturday Night Fever. And then O.C. Smith, which, you know, we have an incredible legacy together. And George Benson and Dionne Warwick and Cuba Gooding and the main ingredients. So all really great, great singers. And uh, match those with a good song. And that's what I love to do. That's amazing. You know... The, the most amazing thing about your your journey, I'm going to call it that, is that... Well, excuse me, Matt. I changed that word. My adventure. Your adventure. Okay. I love that. Okay. So the most amazing thing about your adventure is that you've done what a lot of people only wish they could have 
wanted to do and never put in the work. So that's what's great about your adventure. Okay. Well, you have to put in the work. I say it like this, Jerry. You have to cultivate the crop. Yep. And, and then you have to mine it. You know, uh, uh, sometimes you just got to back off and, and let nature do its thing. But you have to have the intention. And um, I never forget O.C. Smith gave me the seed of the soul, the book, 10 years before uh, Gary Zukov went on Oprah Winfrey, and it became a monster seller. But the one thing I remembered about that, it's the intention behind what you do that will determine the outcome. So have the intention. Now, sometimes I think we get frustrated because we think things have to go a certain way. No. When you get on a plane to go from New York to Los Angeles, you, you don't say, am I over Pennsylvania yet? Am I over Ohio? Or over Iowa? Where we go? You just sit back and relax and know that's going to be your destination. Right. You know, so I think that's where we kind of limit ourselves. And people say, well, think positive, think positive. You got to feel positive. Words without feeling don't mean anything. You got to really get and embody the feeling of it. And there are things you can do. Meditation helps do that to clear the mind. And, you know, people have this idea of, of uh, not to get religious, but that prayer is, sign of, uh, is some kind of supplication that you're going to change the mind of the divine because the divine is withholding something from you. No, just be clear and let that power and that love, which we are all created out of, the most powerful thing, the only thing, love, and let that come into your life to create the form. And then give it direction. Give it direction with your thought, your feeling, and always say this or something better because you don't want to limit yourself. Right. That's right. I always, whenever I pray, I always pray for God's will because there's no way God's will is not going to enhance. You know what I mean? Well, if if God gave you free will, then what's God's will? It's your will. No, but I don't mean it that way. What I'm saying is this. He has put certain things in my path that I never would have even dreamt possible. Okay. His will was me changing my life. His will was me helping addicts, helping people that are sick. And I followed it. And because of that, my determination with it, look where it's got me. That's what I mean when I say that, you know, um, prayer is amazing and, and it's good for us. You know what I mean? Like prayer makes me feel good. And that's what's important, you know? Um, but what you just said, you're absolutely right. You know, so let me ask you something, Charles. Um, we have two songs we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing them at the end. We'll give them a little mini concert of a couple of your songs. Let's talk about these two songs now. One of them is Yes, I Will, and the other one is Special Kind of Love. Let's talk about them. Okay, Yes, I Will um, was on O.C. Smith's After All Is Said and Done album. And I wrote it, and I knew it was perfect for O.C. And um, we went into the studio. I'll never forget, my cousin John was there, God bless him. Uh, And O.C. sang the song, and I was in the pen's room, and I heard a little bit of it. And he did it again in one take. And I said, O.C., you're not doing it again, because... A lot of great singers, and O.C. was one of them. He always, they always want to do it over and over and over and over again. Even after it's a hit, they were. I said, no, this one. And it came out so amazing that I didn't put any background vocals on it. 
he just nailed it. And we had that kind of rapport because, yes, I produce a lot. And I love to work with writers, but people like O.C. and George, I guess because of our close friendship and relationship, when I write something, they get the real feeling of it beyond. Okay. And he did in that song. So that song was an album cut, never released as a single. And uh, the album was released after All Is Said and Done was a monster hit for us. But in the UK, Yes I Will went to number one mm. from, from the, on the soul charts without even being released as a single. And now it's probably one of my biggest streams, if not the biggest, it's on my uh, Charles Wallet Love Songs and more. Uh, big, big song for us. And it's it's one of my favorites. And I think it's a good message for mature love, a second time around, third time around, fifth time around. You know, it's a... Uh, it's for adults to find find love again. Beautiful. I love that. So now, special kind of love. Well, for my oldest daughter, Lara, I wrote a song called My Daughter. Beautiful job by Daryl Tukes. And my youngest daughter, Christy, was getting married, so I had to write a song for my youngest daughter. And I wrote special kind of love. And all these lyrics that I wrote for both of my daughters are very personal and really touch their lives, you know, as far as what they did, like in, in Christie's song, Special Kind of Love, Honor Rolls, you know, she was always a, I call her my genius child, not that Larry isn't, Larry is too, but uh, Christie's a professor of pure math, so I wrote that song for her wedding, and then had the opportunity to produce it on uh, the Philadelphia legend, Philly area legend, Benny Marcella. And it went to number one, thanks to the great promotional efforts of Tom Mazetta, on New Music Weekly, right before the pandemic. And uh, number one on the AC charts. So I was very proud of that. Then the pandemic happened, and then uh, Benny has been, and I, I'm sending him my love and healing power to have, um, you know, he's been having some health issues, but he's going to be back there. Okay. And they're starting to perform the songs at weddings and things like that. Is I wrote two father-daughter songs, which I'm extremely proud of. Very nice. Beautiful. So what else would you like to talk about? Um, the mic is yours. I don't want you to forget anything. Up and coming projects you haven't talked about. What else? Well, uh, the book is very important. That's a priority for me. Okay. And uh, we'll see what else emerges with these other projects. One of the first songs I'm going to do when I get back into the studio is uh, I Am Blessed by Ronnie Lamar, which even my author, Will Romano, said, wow, he, he, you know, and he's studied my life for years and all my work, and he's, he's an expert on Charles Wallet, to say the least, if there can be such a thing. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, he talked about that just the other day. And um, again, I'm just looking forward to doing more and more good things for the young people. And uh, I'm open to ask for you to ask me anything you want. Okay. So I have a couple questions that I love asking my entertainers. Who inspired you growing up? As an entertainer? Yes. Oh, Elvis. Okay. I love it. So um, how old were you? And tell us a little bit about that. And why? Well, before that, when I was 22 months old, and I remember this, believe it or not, but it was in my baby, I remember it, I was imitating Johnny Ray. And my mother would take me into like the local luncheonette ice cream parlor 
and I would do the, the whole, G, you know, gyrations and Johnny Ray stuff, and the teenage girls would put nickels at that time <laughs> to keep the song playing. So I guess that might have been a little motivation to me, you know. <laughs> and uh, then when Elvis came out, one of my cousins uh, showed me there. They were everybody was crazy about Elvis. And my first paying job was at seven years old. There's a picture on Facebook um, of me and the articles they've done on me. Uh, hence, uh, playing guitar and doing Elvis. So he, he was very inspirational to me. And then following through his career, what a great singer he was. Yes. You know, I mean, I've studied singing. I've studied vocal with a vocal coach so I could hear as a producer. And Elvis was technically perfect. He doesn't hit the hard R's. He carries... The vowel sounds over, you know, all the real intricate stuff. And I just love the way he sang, and I love the songs. And, and uh, then, of course, all the people that I've worked with were people that I've wanted to work with. O.C. Smith, I love. George Benson. Uh, Cuba Gooding. All these people inspired me, and I was a fan way before we ever uh, worked together. And not only worked together, became family, and still are. So let me ask you about song choices. You know... We all have our favorite singers, right? Mine, Elvis, of course, you know, and I loved oldies, doo-wop, and all that. But there's always songs that resonate, and it could be from someone else. Give me a couple of your favorite songs growing up. Well, I wouldn't say growing up, but, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, certain areas, could it be I'm Falling in Love by okay. The Spinners? Okay. Probably one of my favorites, and it was written by Mervyn and Melvin Steele's who we worked together and wrote songs together. I flew to Pittsburgh with Ronnie Lamar to meet them, and we're dear friends till this day. Um, that song, and Tom Bell, the great producer, one of my mentors, I got to meet him. So all that came from that one song. Um, and that, that, what I have to say, was a, was a big influence. And then, you know, growing up, there was a lot of, uh, the teenage years, a lot of pop stuff, a lot of good stuff with good messages. And uh, I, you know, I, there's a lot of songs I like. Okay, so now, did you ever think about acting? Well, it's funny you say that. When I was about six, I saw an ad in the paper, because I could read, and <laughs> I, I uh, called up for an audition, and I told my mother, you know, i never forget how to stand on a thing, we had the phone on the wall, and she took me to Times Square, Manhattan, and it was like about two, 250 kids there for acting and vocal. Now, I didn't, I didn't sing, but I was, I played guitar. Um, out of the, the 250 kids, they picked one for acting and one for vocal, and they picked me for the acting. Okay. And we went in a couple of times, and, you know, we had to go from Brooklyn to New York City, came home late. It really wasn't me. Um, I, I miss my music, and not only that, I look back at it now, I, you know, I'd rather just play me. I'd rather just be me than play somebody else. Uh, and, and also the privacy involved and all that. Although now my, my guys have encouraged me to step out of front a lot more so I can talk about them and our work. And, you know, some of the people like OC who's and Cuba Gooding Sr. who's passed. And, you know, what that, what that was like. So, yes, I did that. And then... I was asked to do um, the music for a little short they were doing that was supposed to be in the movie. And um, I came down, and they somebody didn't show up. And they put me in, and they called me back again. The director called me back again. He said, the camera likes you stuff. So I did that, that little thing. But um, 
people even say like, well, if they do a movie of your life or whatever, when they do it, who would you like to play you? I said, I don't get involved in that. That's not my job. The music, yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, I and I, I enjoy movies. I love them. But for me to act, could I do it? Yeah. Um, do I want to? No. Okay. I'd rather just live my genuine life. Okay. So now I have one more question for you. Um, I want to, I want you to tell everyone a little bit more about your book, like a little bit of it, like what's sure. what it's about. Well, it, it Will Romano really, you know, these amazing stories, but he said this is the whole spiritual part really lit him up, and he's a Gemini like I am, so it, you know, meant something, and it's called uh, Music and Memoir, A Spiritual Adventure with the Dance of Life. Okay. So it's going to be about this kid from Brooklyn who very early on meets, uh, you know, gets in a band and, and loves music, and and kind of abandons it for football and all that stuff and you know becomes uh good friends with joe namath till this day i spoke to him last night as a matter of fact my buddy and then through bachelor's three and getting with oc smith and you know one particular story oc smith was being given an award in houston and we had a dress rehearsal big of four thousand people we had to do a bunch of media all week and they asked us, uh, Wash Allen and Judy Foster and the people that were working on the show there, could we come back to a friend of theirs house for some more d'oeuvres after the dress rehearsal on Friday? And we said, sure. And we went out to this nice home and a little bit outside of Houston. And the father made this announcement that he wanted his daughter to come and sing for O.C. and myself. And this cute little girl came out and blew us away. I mean, she was really good. Uh, and we tried to do something with it. She was only 12 years old then, and it was a little tricky. So, you know, later on, we just kind of passed on it because the father was involved, and uh, it's tough. Okay. Well, that 12-year-old that girl was named Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and then Frank Sinatra was a family friend. Uh, his mother knew my grandmother well, and... Uh, Frank was, you know, I was in his company a lot of times, great sense of humor. But all these people, I can't tell you, Jerry, Frank Sinatra, Michael Jackson, Prince, Elvis, when you get down to the bottom line, the music, it, forget that other persona. It's almost like being in church, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. almost like the spiritual thing. And they recognize it in other people. I mean, yeah. we've recognized it in each other. I mean, Frank was like that. He was serious about his music. Elvis, the same thing. And yep. Prince, for sure. Yep. Um, and so, you know, that that's the bottom line with all of us, the, okay. the music. It's it's really our spiritual breath, so to speak. You're right. I mean, thank God for music. It's helped Absolutely. so many people the last couple, two and a half years, tremendously. Thank God for music. You know, um, we all know who our essential workers were, and I thank everybody. But I want to thank sanitation workers and musicians, because without them, I don't know what a lot, a lot of people who were on lockdown well, would have done. Well, hospital workers and doctors. Of course, no, but of course. Everybody pitched in. You know something? Yes. The pandemic shows that there are good people. Yes. And most of the people overwhelmingly are good. Yes. But but everyone knows, doctors, healthcare, we, we know all that. But we I just want to give a shout out to the mu musicians, because without music through this, a lot of people wouldn't have made it. So Absolutely. I thank them. People you know? in Italy playing right. out the windows and, you know, it's right. inspiring. Music, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it makes you feel something. So it certainly does. Charles, 
Um, I would like to read a poem out of my book. And there's a reason why. Because of everything you've been talking about. And I wasn't planning on doing this, but I think I need to. It's called Utilizing Gifts and Talents. We are born with talents. We are born with drive, with different gifts to help us thrive. I knew early on I was born to draw and paint, to also write poetry, and to talk without restraint. Our gifts and talents should all be used. God's gift to us not be abused. We can go far in life for sure using our gifts to go on tour. All our talents should be used to create ourselves and more, then our jobs to share them, to even up the score. You see in life what's needed is not just for ourselves. Once our gifts are mastered, take them off the shelves. A living we can make by spreading them around, not just for the money, but to spread a peaceful sound. Don't take for granted the gifts you're given. Go out and spread the joy. Our gifts are not to be held back for us to self-destroy. Put your efforts forth. Do not hesitate. All your talents, my friend, are never second rate. Never hold them back or you will surely die. Maybe not in body, but your soul will cry. Our gifts were made to share. Our talents made to soar. Go through life enlightened and then you can roar. Be proud of who you are. Be happy you're alive. Once again, my friend, your gifts will help you thrive. By putting efforts forth, not keeping them at bay, your name will live forever, forever and a day. Go through life excited for what you sure can give to yourself and others is our reason to live. Our grave will be quite lonely, but our legacy lives on. Make sure people smile with the breaking dawn. And that's what you're doing, Charles. You're making sure people smile. That was for Jerry, today. Jerry, Jerry, that is so beautiful and resonates with me through every cell and fiber of my being. I know. Please I... send me a copy. Oh, yes. Because one of the things I say is my music is to heal, transform, <laughs> love. I, I, had no, I, I had no, I was not going to read a poem. Oh, and as oh, you're talking, you me so yes, much no, as you're, as you're talking, I said, let me grab that poem and look to, I was like, he's saying everything that resonates with that. I will send you a copy of it. I promise. Well, and when two or more gather together, so here we are, and the male and female, the representative of the conscious and the subconscious. So what we just did is...
has nothing.